0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. We are looking at 2 Kings chapter 22, which deals with a teenage king, a teenage king named Josiah, and um, I guess this is his story. Uh, I'm speaking to some youths, some teenagers this coming Friday, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering whether this might be a good passage to look at together, kind of like inspire them that um, they can do something significant, even as teenagers, even serve God. So this is 2 Kings chapter 22 and verse one. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, eight years old. And he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. His mother's name was Jedidah, daughter of Adiah. She was from Bosca. He did what was right, what was right in the eyes of the Lord sorry, in the eyes of the Lord, and he walked in all the ways of his father, David, not turning his to the right or to the left. You know, God's perception of this eight-year-old king. <laughs> I don't know what you think, eight-year-old, becoming your king, becoming your boss, managing at work. But in God's eyes, he's a good king because he walked in the ways of his father, David. You know, David was someone who walked, you know, seeking God's heart, this was a king. Like David, a good king. Yeah. God is not cynical, and God can see into the hearts of even kids and tell them, you know, this guy, this girl, this kid really wants to follow me. But in verse three, 18 years old. This is when he starts to really do the job of a king. So verse three. Hi. Just looking at the text again, I realized that it was the 18th year of Josiah's reign. It's not that he was 18 years old, but he was eight plus 18 so he was 26 years old when he started uh, renovating the temple when he discovered the book of the law so um i apologize for that mistake yeah in the 18th year of his reign king josiah sent a secretary shafan son of azaliah and the son of ashulam to the temple of the lord he said go up to hilkiah the high priest and make him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the lord which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Go and check the accounts. Make sure that there's the money that was collected from the people as they go into the temple, go into worship God. They collect this money. What do they use it for? Verse 5, make them entrust it to um, the men appointed to supervise the work of the temple. In other words, use this money, take this money, trust it into the people who are renovating you know, improving the temple, doing physical construction in maybe repairing or improving the temple, and make these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons, you know, all the blue-collar workers, all these construction workers with the hard hats. Also make them purchase timber and dress stone to repair the temple. I keep hearing that phrase, repair the temple, repair the temple. In other words, these are the guys doing the work, pay them. This is the stuff they need to do the work, buy them. uh, As long as it repairs the temple. Verse 7, but they need not account for the money entrusted to them because they are acting faithfully. And so um, Josiah, he's trying to do his job well. He's trying to focus on repairing the temple. That's already saying a lot, isn't it? His concern is that God is worshipped in the land. But in order to get that happen, he trusts people. He says, entrust this money, you know, make sure you pay them, give them the stuff. He, he, he's providing for people so that they can do the work. And he trusts them, he says, don't worry about the money given to them. I trust them because they're doing honest, hard work. And it, I think he says something about the people who are doing the work, you know, most of the time people who do hard work are the people who are the most honest with their work. You know, not not the office workers, not the people who hide behind screens, but the people who actually have to go out and sweat and get the job done. You can trust them. But it says a lot about the king as well, that he trusts them. I think, you know, 18-year-olds, you know, uh, teenagers, now you're used to having to earn trust, having to gain trust. And it says a lot that this 18-year-old is willing to entrust that, you know, that money and trust, that trust into the hands of people just get on and do the work. And I guess that's what he's trying to do. I'm just trying to be a good king. In other words, that's what Josiah is doing in the beginning of the story. Uh, Verse 8, Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan, who read it, you know, this book of the law. And this phrase, book of the law, it's talking about book in the Bible, it's specifically talking about the law, you know, Deuteronomy, you know, a series of laws and blessings of curses that were given to the people of God before they entered into the land. So he read it in verse 9, Then Shaphan the secretary went to the king and reported to him, Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the temples, to the workers and supervisors at the temple. In other words, job done. You know, good. It, it's going smoothly. But then he adds, verse 10, then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah the priest, let's call him Hilly, (laughs) Hilly, the high priest, has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. He He read Deuteronomy to the king, the Bible, you read it to the king. And verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his Rose. he was just so heartbroken hearing God's word, maybe for the first time in his life. Remember they, they only just discovered it was a loss. But now he's hearing the Bible read to him and he goes, Whoa, and he tears his clothes. Why? Why? Verse 12. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's attendant, so five of them. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't repeat their names. Five guys. <laughs> think of the burger. You know, think of the burger joint. Five guys. Sent these five guys. Gave them instructions. Verse 13. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. <coughs> Excuse me. I was eating sotong sambal earlier. Oh, it's very, very spicy. But anyway, the king says, you know, we need to find out Whether this is true, go and inquire of it. I think inquire here means find out from God directly and maybe go to a prophet so that God can directly speak through this prophet. Um, In this book that has been found, great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because of our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. That means we sin against God. And therefore, this, according to this book at least, God is going to judge us. And I think here it's talking about the idolatry, you know, that were committed by all the people, but also by the kings before Josiah. See, the kings before Josiah, they were horrible. You know, kings like Amon, his father, you know, <laughs> people wanted to kill him, wanted to assassinate him. That's how much they hated him. And when he died, you know, suddenly that's why, you know, Josiah, his son, became king at eight years old. And even before that, another king, Manasseh, horrible, horrible, horrible kings. And then suddenly a good king comes. And the first thing he does is he realizes we've, we've sinned. We've sinned against God. Uh, verse 14, Hilkiah the priest, Achikam, Akbor, Shafan, and Isaiah, the five guys, went to speak to the prophetess Hulda. Prophetess means female prophet, and her name is Hulda who was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikva, interesting name, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. Maybe he was a fashion designer, keeper of the wardrobe. <laughs> anyway, she went. they went to Huldah, a prophetess. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district. Verse 15, she said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. Then, then, what's God gonna say? I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people according to everything written in the book the king of judah has read you know this is true no you have sinned and therefore god will judge us everything that god says he will do he will do in this book because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and provoked me to anger by all the idols their hands have made my anger will burn against this place and it will not be quenched god is so angry there's just no way you can escape this judgment you know it's it's a done deal because of their idolatry they've actually made these idols and they worship these idols instead of worshiping god god's going to bring about all the judgments he's promised in the book of deuteronomy verse 18 tell the king of judah who sent you to inquire of the lord This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Verse 19, Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke, what I'd spoken against this place and against this people, that they should, they would become accursed and laid waste. And because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I have heard you. God actually heard his repentance says, I I heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your fathers and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. So they took her answer back to the king. You know, God says on the one hand, judgment is certain, you can't do anything. But because you repented, I will hold back this judgment until the next guy, <laughs> until you die. In other words, God holds back this judgment because of the repentance of the king. What, 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 what do we see here? What do we see? Well, we see on the one hand that there is hope. Now, even in the face of judgment, there is always hope as long as we repent. The king repents and God says, you know what, just because of that, because of one person, I will hold back this judgment. So hope there is always hope, where there is repentance. But I think the bigger picture is that it's the king who repents. The focus is on this particular king, who is a good king, Josiah, who has been a faithful king since he was eight years old. The Bible is not uh, joking about that. It's not cynical about that. It says, you know, this was a real deal. But it says to us, you know, this is what it means to recognize the real deal, to recognize the true king. You know, you think of king, you think of someone who is powerful, influential, who, who is able to do a lot of good, you know, that's the kind of thing we want in a leader. But here is a king who repents, a king who is willing to take the judgment upon himself and to pour out his righteousness upon the people. You see, when he hears those words from the book of the law, he doesn't go, oh, my father, that joker, that loser, his sin is what is pouring out on us now. We are paying the price for his idiocy. You know, he says, I repent. He tears his clothes. He inquires of God, Is this really, really true? He responds because, well, his heart is convicted. And it's again his own repentance that results in the righteousness that is poured out on the nation. You know, God stays back his hand of judgment because of him but also stays back the judgment on the entire land you'll not see this disaster on the entire land and so everyone benefits because of this king's righteousness and that's how you know he's a good king he's a good king not just because he repairs the temple not just because he's good with the money that's a good thing as well but because he repents he takes this evil this judgment this pain into himself and because of that God pours out his mercy upon us. We see this in Josiah, we see this in in Jesus, we see this on the cross. Jesus takes our sin, Jesus takes our judgment, he pours on us his forgiveness, his righteousness, his mercy, his blessing, and because of that we know that Jesus Christ is the real king, God's chosen king, God's king who will rule over us in love, in righteousness, and in mercy. Uh, that's Second Kings twenty-two, maybe, maybe. You know, is, is, is this suitable for kids, or maybe they'll go <sighs> fall asleep anyway? <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you that we have such a King in Jesus. Thank you so much for Him, and please, please, would you help us to recognize His lowliness, and therefore recognize His worthiness as our King, as our Savior, as our God? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pray for me, Friday, Friday youth talk. Also Sunday another youth talk helping all these youths. Very scary. Take care and God bless. Thank you for watching. Bye.